When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We're talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself. But even better, they've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information, all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It is Thursday, May 18th, and we are here trying to help you make better financial decisions. And if you've got a question, all you need to do is go to our website, jillonmoney.com, jillonmoney.com. Click the Contact Us button and let us know if you would be willing to come on the air. So easy to do. While you're on the website, sign up for the free weekly newsletter. And uh, why not do a couple of other things, like check out the blog. The blog section does something that is really more for me than for you, but you get a little benefit of it. When there's something going on in the universe, when there's big news, it allows me to kind of do a deep dive, think about it. And for your benefit, it helps me talk about it in a way that is hopefully relatable. Also, it just allows me to use the calendar to come up with things to talk about, like this weekend, I'm going to post something about what is the class of 2023's prospects? Little good, little bad, and you'll have to check it out. Anyway, it's all on the website. That's the free stuff, the free weekly newsletter, the blog, the resources all there for you. If you've got, uh, I don't know, I keep saying a hundred bucks, but let me, uh, let me edit that for a second. It's less than a hundred dollars. In fact, we're talking about kind of 50, 50, 60 bucks, like all in. If you have 50, 60 bucks floating around, you can do two things. You can subscribe to our new service. It's called Jill on Money Live. That's where you have access to quarterly live webinars and more special content. And you can do that for 35 bucks for the next 12 months. Pretty cool. And you can buy the book, which I don't know, how much is it now? 20 something, 20, 20 something. So 60 bucks, you can buy the Great Money Reset. You can subscribe to our new service. You can get a lot of information out of us and it will not break the bank, I promise. Uh, all right, so let's do some emails because they do tend to pile up a bit. This is from Sylvia who writes, last year I suffered a stroke. I returned to work for six months last year, but then left in January to focus on my recovery. The 12-hour days and weekends didn't leave much time for therapy. I'll tell you that. And now I do volunteer work. I want to keep active. And I know that I cannot do the work that I used to do. And I don't want to work those crazy hours. 
I do enjoy spending time with my family. I'm in excellent health. And the stroke was actually not medically caused. It was an accident. Still, I'm having a hard time finding part-time work. So here's the question. Am I okay to retire? I am 58. My husband will be 60 in October. Our monthly expenses are $9,000. That includes food and entertainment, utilities, car and house insurance, maintenance of the house, health insurance, not travel. The house is worth a million dollars. They have no mortgage. And she says we will eventually move to a lower tax state. My husband works and earns $100,000 a year. They've got $1 million in a brokerage account, $1.2 million in an IRA, and then $300,000 in savings and CDs. So question, are we okay if my husband were to retire next year? He expects to get a part-time position, but I'm not going to rely on that happening. Thank you for your help. Oh, this is not perfect. Even if you have a million dollar house, let's let's say you move to a lower tax state. And let's say that out of the million dollars you need to spend, I don't know, 500,000. So you have that would mean that you would have 1 and a half million in a brokerage plus the CDs and savings. So 1.8 million and then 1.2 million. I don't think that's enough to generate $9,000 a month for the rest of your lives. I hate to say this, Mark. This makes me seem very awful. That the, So what's the answer here? I guess, could you reduce the monthly expenses? I mean, and they don't even have travel in there. So we had $1.8 million in non-qualified or taxable. $1.2 million is the IRA. But really, that $1.2 million, it's really not $1.2. Let's say after tax, it's probably eight hundred, dollars right? So now what I actually have is $2.6 million and I have to generate this 90 grand and I can't collect social security yet, right? So now I got to spend 90 grand for some group of years. My husband will see 60 for seven years at least, right? To get to full retirement age. I don't like the numbers here. This doesn't work for me. I think that if your husband can delay retirement, for a year, maybe two. And uh, I would stop putting money in an IRA. I would keep building up your brokerage account. If you can get some sort of part-time work, then I think, you know, we're talking. But I don't think as the situation is you laid it out, unfortunately, I'm happy to talk you through it and really learn more about you, Sylvia, but I don't think it works the way that you have just laid out for us. All right. This is Lon who says... Uh, My CPA reports that I have a net $89,000 loss in the stock market in 2022. $3,000 in losses, I know, are the maximum that could be carried over each year to offset gains in 2023, which leaves $86,000 of losses that can be used to offset gains for 23. Can the gains from transitioning from a traditional IRA to a Roth be carried over to offset this loss? That No, that would be so awesome if it were. That would be like the most fun thing. You could like harvest losses and then do a total redo of your, you know, like you basically convert as much of your IRA into Roth to to get rid of that tax uh, loss. But here's how it works. These are two different kinds of taxes. You have a loss in the stock market of $89,000 that is capital gains or a capital loss. 
you can only use those gains or losses against one another. So you can lose, use a loss against a loss, and then you can use 3000 against ordinary income. But when you actually convert from a traditional to a Roth, it's all ordinary income. So it's a great idea, but no, can't do it. Can't do it. Sorry. Got to wait till you're in a lower tax uh, bracket. Maybe that's the way to do it. Hey, let's do a little uh, Roth conversation from Caleb. Uh, and he says, huge thanks to you and Mark for your financial wisdom and great content. Hmm. My coworker recommended your podcast to me. Shout out, shout out to Jenny. And I've been listening nonstop to your thoughtful insights and soothing voice since. And Mark, I got a soothing voice, baby. Me and Barry White. My company provides both a traditional and a Roth 401k. My question for you is whether I should contribute to a traditional 401k, Roth 401k, or mix of both. Uh, a little background. I'm 31, single, live in San Francisco. I'm renting $1,000 a month. What could you be renting? I have no major debts. I make about $80,000 a year. I'm on track to max out my traditional 401k. And he's got 44 grand in a 401k, 33 in a Roth IRA, and an HSA with $7,700. I also put $1,100 a month into a taxable investment account, which has, Mark, $150,000, 31 years old. Not bad. Caleb also invests any extra cash that he doesn't spend for the month. I have about 15 grand in cash and high yield savings. Thank you for considering my situation. My question I've been listening to your old episodes and the interview you had with. Ed Slot, tax prep tips of 2017, Mark, inspired me to look into my 401k and send you my first question. Next time I'm going to come on the show live. Grit, growth, grace, Caleb. Oh, Caleb, thank you very much. First of all, you're doing great. You're kicking ass, 31 years old, right? Caleb, I think because of your age and where you are tax bracket wise, I know that California is a high tax state, but I think it makes a lot of sense for you to be using the Roth 401k. And I think the real reason is that uh, chances are you're going to earn more in the future. You'll be paying taxes at the 22% bracket. You can afford this. So I would be maxing out your Roth 401k. And you can then use all the additional money that you have that's, you know, see how your cash flow feels, but you may not be able to put 1100 into a taxable account. Maybe it'll be 800, but let's see. You're great. You're in terrific shape. As far as we're concerned, you are like the poster child for a Roth. So um, let's, let's get that going. All right. Here's our last question for the day. Oh boy. Mark, this is from Julie. Subject, combining money after marriage. Okay. Julie says, my partner and I are getting married in a couple of weeks. And after we get married, we're planning to combine our accounts and our money. Of course, we immediately plan to update our estate documents and update our beneficiary information. I am looking for advice regarding the best way to combine accounts and handle joint finances. We each have our own brokerage accounts. Mine is in Vanguard, his through Fidelity. Do we add each other's names to them? Does one of us move our money? Is it worth finding a financial planner to look at everything we have going on? Do we have to combine these, Mark? Do we have to? I am thinking if you really want to 
combine it. You can start a brand new account, op- open up a joint brokerage account, and each of you can contribute and put the money in that is yours. Or you can just keep these two accounts as is and just open one new joint account. The big question that you need to really consider is who's going to do what? Who is going to be managing the money? Who is going to be paying the bills? These are the things that I would consider to be sort of the bigger issues that you should be considering. Don't put each other on joint credit cards. That's always a bad idea. And uh, I think that's it. I think that that that'll do it. All right. Well, that's it for the program. We thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, I'm just digging this whole May weather. I'm feeling good. Uh, Mark, I just uh, was listening to one of our shows from last week where we talked to the guy who was the Maple Leafs fan. All I can say is that uh, we were certainly on to something in that conversation. Okay. Anyway, I digress. If you would like to come on the show, just go to jillonmoney.com, click the contact us button, and don't forget to check the box to come on the air with us. Of course, we do our email episodes from time to time. So we're happy to get your notes and we will answer them as quickly as we possibly can. Don't forget to leave us a rating and review on Apple and lift someone up. Change your work, change your wealth, change your life. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow. 